I think I should start a fantasy podcast, not on how to pick your teams or how to do really good at it. I think it'd just be like the frustration podcast, frustration fantasy podcast, and we just complain about how terrible our teams are. Dude, I would love that because all my, my team football, is so horrible. All my football teams lost last week, which was kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. That sucks. What about the league that we're in? I don't even know. I didn't check that one because uh, there's so no you, money in it. So why worry about it? You may win that one. Or you may have won last week then. True. Previously on Podcast Talk, I had just won a bunch of money through, yes. through FanDuel. And you, uh, and then I had lost like $20 or so. And you the said you're going week. to have to take some money back from your wife. And I didn't take all, I took 70 out. So I would make sure I paid back everything I kind of put in throughout the months. And I took back ten more dollars, and I, I'm still on it this week. I oh, so you didn't take the seventy back that you said you're going to. No, that was a joke. I, uh. If I took seventy back, I would probably think I had a problem. <laughs> so ten dollars a month, it's not as bad as a problem. Well, that's good. So you're still playing on that ten? Yes. Yeah, I got um, uh, I'm at six dollars right now. Got two teams going. Come on, Westbrook. Come on, Durant. Bring me some money. Sweet. Have you been picking up Stephen Curry? Stephen Curry, sorry. Stephen? Stephen? Stefan? <laughs> uh, you know, Steph. Yes and no. Uh, he's He costs a lot to have on your team. But he's always going to put out. He's always going to put out, yeah. But for what you pay for him, you ha- he has to put out. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe take that out. <laughs> but I have him sometimes. I... I pay it for some of those people and just hope that my value plays too well. Anyways, that's three minutes of fantasy talk. But that wasn't frustration, so. Yeah, yeah, we could go on for hours. Oh, I could, especially with my team uh, playing the toilet bowl this week. Toilet bowl? Yep, it's our version. If uh, you guys have ever watched, uh, what is it, The League? Yes. On Netflix? Yeah, we might not want to promote that show. That's kind of. It's a funny. It's show. pretty funny. Season one was pretty funny. Then it kind of got a little. Anyways, in that show, they the last place teams or the two last place teams they play in the Sacco. Well, that's ours. Our version of the Sacco is called the Toilet Bowl, and we get a trophy that's shaped like a toilet. You actually have a trophy? Yeah, we oh, have two cool. trophies. We have last place and first place trophy. I have like a it's a replica WWE belt that I self proclaim myself champion, and nice. I send a video to all the people. In my league, yeah. telling them how they suck and how, how even though I didn't win last year, I'm still the champion. That's a little either arrogant or cockiness. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to let people know where they stand. So my first year in this money league, and I'm going to take home a trophy. It's just not the trophy you want. This is true. Because also, if I do take home the sack of, or the toilet trophy next year. I become the label, the sticker person. So the person who does the board, you know, nobody ever wants to do that. And I have to dress up as a um, inappropriate girl. <laughs> wow. Yes. Is this a public draft or? It is a public draft. <laughs> That's even worse. Yes. Oh man. So I'm kind of hoping I don't win, but at the same time, it would be funny. <laughs> it would be hilarious. All right. That's not the league I'm in. So we're just normal old married guys for the most part. Hey, we have a review. 
Oh, we do. Yeah. You're right. Our first iTunes review. Da, 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 da. Do you want me to read it? Uh, sure. Go ahead, in. So our first review comes from username Mitchell dot dot dot. And so when I saw that username, I was like, God, how we forgot the whole username. To <laughs> and I think that is the whole username is just the dot dot dot. Right. I think it is. Yeah. Because I was like, for probably like 30 minutes trying to figure out how to see the full review. Right. Because the dot 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 usually means something is continuing on. It's expandable. I've been clicking on this name for a while. I think it's just Mitchell dot 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 dot. It's like the Mitchell wait for it. Maybe that's the joke. Could be. You know, the How I Met Your Mother? Right. Wait for it. And you don't want to promote the leak? <laughs> Show your mouth. <laughs> Mitchell said, I'm enjoying the perspective and openness Dusty and Fish bring to their discussion about pagan Christianity. I'm looking forward to their takes on Chapter 8. Keep up the good work, bros. I'll keep listening. Mitchell, I'm looking forward to Chapter 8, too. <laughs> You've been, golly. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to censor you. <laughs> like, Are you going to edit that one? Yeah, I'm probably going to edit that podcast episode, make sure you don't get us kicked out of our own church. But I did think it was funny that Mitchell called you fish. Because I'd never call you fish. We've called you fish once on this episode. and Yeah, I believe that was actually the first episode. That's when you're like begging people to call you by your wannabe nickname. It's only wannabe with you. <laughs> it is my name with everybody else. All right. So, fish. <laughs> That's just so weird to say. It's actually not weird. It used to be weird to hear it, but it's not anymore. So does that make me chips? Fish and chips. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> That's a dad joke. <laughs> Actually, I believe our pastor would be Chips. I'm lost. Because of his younger days. I'm still lost. He was a Chippendale dancer. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on right now? He will understand when he listens. I remember his senior <laughs> picture, right? Yes, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I wonder if we can get a hold of that and like post that on our Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably get us kicked out more than uh, tithe talking. All right, so we are on chapter five. Five. That's right, Andrew. I was getting to that point. <laughs> Why do you extend your words? I don't know. At random times, you just extend your words. I don't think we can be friends anymore. We're done. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> All right, let's just uh, let's start this music stuff and let's go. Chapter five: The Pastor. Obstacle to every member function. That was it's pretty aggressive saying. That, that is a very aggressive that, that is really accusing every pastor to being a hindrance to people's spirituality. And everybody's spiritual, spiritual growth and their walk. You're right. I agree with that. Probably one of the first chapters I didn't really agree with too much since we've started reading. Yeah, I thought some of the things were kind of a stretch. I mean, there's other things I, I do agree completely with. Right. Uh, it's like a little too much. 
A little overboard. Oh, yeah. A little too much overboard. conspiracy theory. <laughs> Which is my my right my up your alley. Yeah. Right. I I kind of figured you'd relate to this one a little bit, but at, at the same time, it touches home with you because of your past and, and your future potential future. My potential future. Right. What's my potential future? Do you want to get back in the ministry? Well, yeah, but... Ooh, fail on me. <laughs> I... All right, so here's why Dusty and I did that. I just ooed that. Every podcast, normally when we're starting out, Dusty gets a text. And I always yell at him, turn his phone off. People like me, Andrew. And I always mute my phone. This is the first time you guys have caught me with my phone going off. Not on silent. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Bad dog. Bad dog. I'm spraying my nose with a water bottle. As I was saying, this hits a little close to you because you have been on pastoral staff before. Right. Well, I am an ordained minister, so if anybody's looking to get married... What a celebrity. <laughs> I can totally uh, help you out. No, but I, r- for real, I am an ordained minister, and not by the way of the internet, but by the way of serving on staff at a church. And I felt the call of ministry at a church camp when I was in high school. Uh, and really, a call to ministry, the question is really like, what is that? Like Traditionally, it's if you feel the call of ministry, then you are called to be a full-time pastor, a full-time evangelist, full-time missionary, something full-time, like your career. Like a call to ministry is traditionally your career choice for your life is into something full-time. Ministry. Could I could I have a call to be a student? Are you I mean you're still in school and you're 30? Well, 29. No, I'm no you're 30, you're 31 soon. Soon. Yeah, I think so I have a call to be a student. If you're not called to be a student, I mean, you're sure acting like it. <laughs> I don't even like school, but I think I have a call to be a student. <laughs> All right, finish what you're did saying. Did God call you to be a student, or did you decide that, you know, I'm going to use my gifts and my talents? <laughs> I think that's what it was. I'm just going to use my gifts and my talents to be a student. So you LeBron james God and said, I'm going to take my talents to college that's true community college this no not community no. college no. university university yeah i'm at nsu oh the u stands for <laughs> university not cc right so so i i started my calling going back to my calling i i went and when i graduated high school i moved out of my house my parents Mainly my mom was not, like, super happy because it was supposed to be a summer internship, but then I just never came back home. <laughs> and I ended up as an intern and then as an associate pastor at a church for about eight years. That was considered fulfilling your calling into ministry. And I'm really kind of, as I'm not in full-time church ministry, and it's not really because I don't necessarily want to be. Let's just say I made some stupid decisions as a 21-year-old kid in trying to hide your sin because if you it's kind of weird if you confess your sin but yet you're in a minister position even a as a leader 
in a youth ministry when I was a youth leader, it's hard to confess your sin because if you confess your sin, you're like booted out of that area. And so if you're called to ministry and if you confess your sin, you basically lose your calling, right? Because no church wants a porn addict or whatever you are to be a anything. Yeah, to, to be, be a, anything. youth pastor, worship leader, anything like that. So you just end up hiding it, and that just makes it worse. And so when you actually bring it to light, now it's ten times bigger than what it could have been when you, if you would initially have confessed your sins. And so that's that's my story, basically, is, is doing that. And, and so I'm not employed by a church, but there still is a calling. Like, God just didn't take away a calling in my life to be... In ministry, and so I'm trying to figure out. That's where I start questioning. So, what is ministry? Is ministry having to be employed at a full time position at a church? Is that how you're truly? Because to me, that's like based upon man's opinion of you is really where that comes into play. So, I think I mentioned this before. I've interviewed at churches, and they they they're judging you based on your talents of playing guitar and your ability to publicly speak. To students. And your appearance. And your appearance. Because if you don't fit their little mold, they're not going to hire you. Right. That's really hard. You got to assist, you know, churches that are a system of people, you know, in, with opinions and stuff. And then that's. And people are flawed. Does that mean the church so system is How many is pastors that are called to serve at a church that don't get to serve at a church? I don't know. I, I know a few. I know a few. Probably the same few you know, but I know a few. Maybe. I might know some different ones, but, you know, along the lines. And it's usually like they're, they struggle with the sin, and then even it could be years later, and then somebody comes back from an old church and says, hey, this person struggled with the sin, so now. Now they're out of the running. Now they're, you know, it could have been five years ago, and now their church is kind of just like that. You know, because everybody's scared of scandals and stuff. But ministry, pastors. That's what we're talking about. That's right. That's why we're talking about you. All right, so one of the interesting facts... Stop saying all right. It's not just all right. It's all right, so... (laughs) One of the interesting facts that I read in this chapter was that the word pastor is only mentioned one time in the Bible. Yeah, what was the verse that that is? Oh, I actually have that right here. Hold on. Uh, Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So that's the only that's the only verse in the Bible that you hear bringing up the word pastors. Right? Oh, sorry, New Testament, not just okay, New Testament. Testament. So that's the only New Testament verse that we hear that. So. And I think the book says something about, so uh, there's like two or three verses about snake handling. And so that's more of a New Testament thing for churches to do or something like that. Right. There's more evidence for snake handling than there is to be a pastor. Right. And so, uh, I mean, that's a little extreme to me. But really what is interesting, before you go into that, since it said that, because it also went on to say that the word priest, which... Some people use synonymously is mentioned four times. I kind of just wanted to do what the definitions of pastor and priest are. Okay. So I Googled it because, well, I don't have Webster in my head. I know the difference. But you're not, you're not Donald Trump. You don't know everything. 
Right, right, right. Uh, anyways, pastor is a minister in charge of a Christian church or congregation. Okay. Priest is an or- ordained minister of the Catholic, Orthodox, or Anglican church, having the authority to perform certain rites and re- administer certain sacraments, such as the Lord's Supper. And so then I went one step further, and I wanted to look up minister. And minister actually came back. That, I liked its definition. It actually came back as servant or waiter. So I'm a minister of TJF Fridays. <laughs> oh, you could, yes. Because it also did say waiter. Mm-hmm. So yes, you could be a minister at TJF Fridays. And that's, that's what, the book did talk about that. It said, you know, the word minister is more servant, but whenever we talk about, hey, my minister, they're talking about their full-time pastor. Like they've ended up combining minister not to be necessarily a servant but somebody who's in full-time ministry in the early church they didn't really have pastors per se like we do now the catholics had their priests and all that and so then what i would what i wanted to know and actually what the book discussed next is where did pastors come from or where did the pastor come from and the book does go into this long transformation it really does. Process. So, Andrew, give us the cliff notes. I know you love just to ramble on and on and on and on and on about historical stuff, but I'm tired. So what I'm understanding, Dusty, is although the word pastor is only mentioned once in the New Testament, the New Testament alludes to a pastor. A pastor. However... There are, have been some civilizations, uh, the Nicolaitans, that um, believes that Jesus is condemning um, an, the rise of an early clergy in Revelation 2.6. So really, I don't know where the pastor came from. Well, the book does talk about how in the... Since the fall of man, since Adam sinned, we've been searching for some connection, something to help us connect with God. Whether it be a witch doctor or a pastor or a priest or a prophet, something to to help us get closer to God. Because that, you know, since Adam sinned, we lost that connection. So I think pastor is found throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. It's just I think the problem is that it's morphed from the servant mentality to the pastor is the preacher. That's the same thing. The pastor is the minister. That's the same thing. The pastor is the priest. The pastor is our connection to God. The pastor is a priest for non-Catholics, for non-Catholic churches. Pretty sure that's what the definition alluded to. (laughs) A pastor is a non-Catholic priest. It acts the same. The roles are the same. A pastor is a minister in charge of the Christian congregation. But a minister is a servant. Right. That's the word. Right. And so the pastor is a servant of? Christian congregations. Yes. But yet. Because if you look at it, the pastor is the ultimate servant. In but yet church. when we look in Christian congregations, the pastor is the main speaker. The pastor Right. Is they are idolized in the church. They are put upon, put up on another pedestal. They are the highest paid. Right. But they are still a servant. 
In a sense, yes. I know our pastor, he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks it also. But our our pastor is also like the head. Like it is whatever he says. Well, uh, not necessarily because there are people above him. <laughs> Let's be honest though. Like <laughs> he does There is some account- he does answer to people. There is some accountability there. But right. for the most part, matter of fact, he 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 is accountable to the elders and to the overseers. Right. So he does have accountability. He, he is definitely the highest paid in our church. Yes. I still think he's also one of the biggest servants, or he is the biggest servant in our church. Well, he should be. That's right. That's the. Call. But he still has people over. Well, and the people over him is mainly just for accountability because right. we've seen so many, and that's. We've seen so many times now, especially, that the power goes to your head and the power goes to people's head. And even with me and my struggle with with the sin, you know, the power and not wanting to kind of be transparent because transparency meant losing position. That's where it's hard, you know, because once you kind of get sucked in that role or get in that role, it's, you know, it's nice. It's nice to be the guy that gives the orders and not the guy that has to just follow kind of blindly. Very nice. I agree. So I already kind of told you what I, what came, what stood out to me. Anything stand out to you? Um, I mean, this chapter is probably a little more against the pastor role than I, I am. Right. Then, you know, I think there is a need there is a need for a full-time pastor in a church. I, don't, I think they're alluding to that there's not a need, that that's a waste. And and I don't know, like, there there's so much to do nowadays, especially in America compared to maybe some other countries, that we, we assume that the pastors only do the preaching, and that's all they have to plan for all week, and then they hang out. And there's some truth to that, but... Um, there's also, like you said, there's other things when it comes to serving people. There's, we used to call it other duties as assigned when, uh, because as a pastor, you never knew what was going to walk through the door that day that you were going to have to deal with. There was one day we were at the office and a parent called and said, hey, I'm at work and I have two kids at home and one of my kids put this it wasn't a washer. It was like a long – it was really weird. It wasn't like a normal bolt. Like it was like a – I don't really know what it was. And I'm trying to describe it and show hand signals. An and anchor? it looks really terrible. It could have been an anchor by how you are portraying <laughs> it on your finger. <laughs> this looks dirty. I'm glad this is an audio podcast. Um, so yeah, but it, whatever it was, it was some kid put something on his finger and he couldn't get it off. And that was – I mean that was our ministry for – that section of the day, you know, was we called the other duties as a sign because you just never knew what was going to come through that door. You never knew if there was somebody in need that you're going to have to find some work to do. So you don't just hand out charity money all the time, but you'd get those calls. (laughs) My kid's got something stuck on his finger. Can you help him get it off? You know, I'm like, really? That's it. Nice. Easy day work. But that's the serve mentality. I mean, I think, I think the pastor role should be more than that, you know, or should be more like that. Not necessarily focus on the Sunday show, but focus on what can I do? How can I help you well, in I, your life, in your physical life, as well as your spiritual life? Because 
Jesus didn't just meet the spiritual needs of everybody. He met physical needs. We talked about this at our house church last night. That, you know, he fed the 5,000, but there was plenty of time for them to go and get their own food and go to get their own lodging. But no, he took that time to help minister to their physical needs as well as he's been teaching their spiritual needs all day. And so I think it's important as a pastor even to not just meet our spiritual needs throughout the Sunday service, but the physical needs throughout the week where real life is. I agree with that. And I use our, I I agree and I disagree. I do believe that the pastor still needs to worry about, you know, the Sunday message because we can't just go about and expect everybody to go into this house church mentality where we have an open participatory uh, meeting. We're still going to need the brick and mortar churches as a place for those people that don't know about a congregation that may be meeting next door to them. I mean, they still need a place to go, and the pastor is still going to be put in that position of preaching a, a Sunday sermon. I disagree. I I really think that that style is not reaching as many people as as we'd like to think. There's like our church is growing, but for one church that's growing, there's ten that are failing. And don't don't fact check me on that. Okay? Oh, I am checking it. I don't right know now. the true numbers, but I can tell you that it's pretty dang close. Well, Google says. Um, you're not a Googling liar. But you know, like, and, and a lot of those, even a lot of that growth from churches to churches is just church hopping. It's churches closing down so that there's people that need to go somewhere else. And so then they join another church and then we're like, yes, you're a growing church. But no, you're Well, just, I disagree. Our church is. Our it, church is a brand new church. I mean, it's, it's five years old. And so right. it's, it's but a it's, little different. It has but set it, a it will plateau. In this town. Okay, our back door of our church is just as open as the front door. We're getting a lot of new faces, but we also right. lose a lot of people. We, well, and then they go to another church, and then that church is like, yes, we got a spike in numbers of growth over here. It's just transferring members. Maybe in other churches it is, but even with our back with our back door being open, our front door is getting a lot more. So then here's the second traffic. part of that. Okay, so yes, we have salvations on Sunday morning. That happens. We have baptisms. We're probably one of the higher churches in our area, in our state, even in the baptism rate. You know, we're we're growing really fast in the Baptist, you know, area. And so, but with that, people are getting saved, but yet we need to make sure that there's spiritual transformation. And I don't think true transformation happens by listening to somebody speak once a week and then go out and do nothing with what you heard. No, but true transformation does occur because that person is there speaking to them and allowing or helping them get connected to somebody else. Where's that somebody else? Somebody in the church. Okay. Somebody has to step up like you or I. We have to step up to help that. And then we can get them to come to one of our house churches and do an open participatory style of of service. Why can't somebody just invite their friends to their house for a Bible study. Do it. I mean, they can. That's what you're but, saying. Well, is no, that what can't I, happen. What I am saying on only on is that there are going to be thousands more people that go untouched and unreached 
Because not everybody has the boldness and to there's already them. thousands of people going untouched and unreached. Yeah, but right now we have a huge billboard over there. We have a freaking billboard. What's that doing? We're it's hoping people show people. up. We're it hoping is people still show drawing up people. It's, and it's drawing people more people there than it is to your house or my house combined. I don't have a billboard for my house. Get a billboard. Hey, Let's see how many Look at the book. Up. It's called uh, Master Plan of Evangelism. And this is a book that I was told to read when I was – Working at a church. It talks about being, being evangelical churches and how we try to reach – what if we, what if an evangelical church reached 50 people or 100 people a year? But over time, not one that's very few that do that. And so it said, what if one person led somebody to Christ one year, discipled that person for a year, and the next year they seeked out another person? The – it it's talks a pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. It talks about multiplication is better than addition. Like churches are adding one, two, three people a day or a week, maybe. You know. But one, how long do those people even stay in our church? That's debatable. Well see, that's great. You can go get your one person. But that building that we go to every Sunday is pulling in, you know, three, four, five new people a day. What's the return on investment? Because how much do we invest on that one service? We talked about ten. If one ten billion dollars a year, it's worth it. <laughs> we talked about ten billion dollars a year in church overhead spent to reach. Wasted, not spent. Wasted. Well, we t- it's spent. because there's more. Now there's going to be more than a spent that categorized it categorized it into the wasted. Bit. Okay, wasted, whatever. But we use that money to reach the one. The five people, the ten people a year. No, I Google think, real quick the average conversion rate for churches. Because if I was, I mean, I'm not huge in stocks or banking or whatever, but if I was not getting a big return for my investment, I would invest in something else. And you have churches in other countries such as China. What are you laughing about? Unless you're Mormon. <laughs> These don't attain to us. <laughs> Pertain to us. These are all Mormon stats. Literally, everything is Mormon, Mormon, Mormon. LDS. Put Baptist baptisms in 2014. 305,301 baptisms in 2014. For Baptist, is it Baptist churches? Yes. So well, that's put out by the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay, so, so most likely Baptist churches. Okay, so th- how many? 300,000. 300,000. Now, oh. do you want me to find out how much of that $10 billion wasted came from Baptist churches? No, what I want to... So that we could do an exact correlation. <laughs> what I want to figure out is, okay, so how many of those are rededication baptisms? <laughs> you know, like, we probably, for every 10, every five, six baptisms, we have one that's been baptized before and is baptized again. All I'm saying is that we have been doing this method for years, and it's declining. Yes. In 2014, there were a total of 295,000 – people who attended a Southern Baptist worshiping encounter or, or service. That was reported anyways. Mm-hmm. And of that, 305,000 of them – got baptized 
we talked about how I went to Algebra 1 in Mr. Jones's class, right? And how I was a terrible, <laughs> I didn't learn anything. So I'm going to let you figure this out. Roughly one hundredth of a percent of people who attended a Southern Baptist service got baptized last year. So we've wasted $10 billion. Not in the Southern Baptist Convention or churches. Okay. Sorry. You got it. That's overall. That's including right. the Church of England. So and even if it was one, you spend $1 billion for what percentage? I wouldn't even say that's a high number, but uh, one hundredth of a percent. For one hundred percent, you spend one hundred. You spend of a you spend one. Oh my gosh, you spend one million dollars on one hundredth of a percent conversion rate. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is actually fun doing that that work. I knew you enjoy it. That's why I just sat here. So, awkward moment. I turn around and you have your shirt off. What's up with this? <laughs> it's hot in here. I have, like, long underwear on and jeans and a long sleeve and a hoodie. You don't have a long sleeve or hoodie on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the door shut. Let's just, uh... Hope my wife doesn't just, walk in. Just be glad it's not a video podcast right now, guys. Yes, be very glad. I do CrossFit in the mornings, but it just hasn't kicked in yet, so it's not not a great sign to see. You're going on two months, right? Something like that, yeah. Yep. Seems like forever. Have you gained weight? No. No. Have you lost weight? Yeah. How much? Not very much. Like probably like seven, eight pounds. Yeah, that's a horrible return on investment. Not really, because I can lift my terrible fat butt now. I mean, I can li- I. I used to be able to do like five push-ups at a time, and I just did 20 this morning, and no problem. So like, I'm getting stronger and leaner. I've been complimented on my my faces and as fat as it used to be. All right, let's get back to our. Um, <laughs> we were discussion. talking about pastors, and we ended up like doing math about how many people get saved. Right. What well, the heck happened? My whole point with that though is that the pastor is very much needed, just like that brick mortar. As much as I dislike it. It is still very much needed. I know you disagree. Speaking of, where were you Sunday? I was at my dad's church in Missouri because it was Thanksgiving. Dang it. Well, Sunday wasn't Thanksgiving, but, you know, the holiday was just four days before that. Whatever. So. And who are you asking where was I Thursday? I was actually there. (laughs) So, shut up. I like how you put actually. Oh. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, you know. I I disagree. I, I believe that there's a place for it, but I don't believe that's the end all, and I don't really believe that's the best place if you want a true like life transformation to happen. You can hear the best sermons, but if you don't have anybody that's challenging you throughout the week or that you can really be open and honest with, I don't see life transformation by walking in, like shaking some hands because they locked their the uh, sanctuary doors, they don't want you to go sit down early, so you have to like sit outside the door and wait so you kind of awkwardly talk to people. Make small talk about Ronda Rousey getting knocked out or whatever events going on at OSU beat the Oklahoma State Cowboys. It, really? OSU beat the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Oh, my God. I, so you're saying they beat themselves? It wasn't... The sooner, it wasn't... Who cares? Baker Mayfield. We talk sports. Okay, and 
we make these, you know, casual conversations. How you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm, you know, but we're really like not doing good at all. You know, like I'm doing good, but you're really like, I am like two days away from getting divorced right now. You know, like, well, don't lie to them then. That's where life transformation happens. Okay. But, but in that setting, I've been there. I am divorced. So I've been in those conversations where somebody's like, Hey, how you doing? And you're like, Ugh. Do you really want to know, or is this just a casual conversation? And it was mainly just a casual conversation. It was just like trying to. And so the only people I could talk to were like the close people, the people that I hung out with, the people that knew me, and not just the perception of me, I guess. And so I have a lot of friends at our church. I love people at our church, but honestly, I can tell you how many people I hang out with at that church. It's like maybe three or four couples. That we actually like spend more than Sunday morning five minutes talking to each other with. And whose fault is that? Well, you got, you got to make the best of it. It's a two way street. It is a two way street. But really, how many people do you hang out with on a regular basis? I avoid basis? a lot of people because I'm not. I am antisocial, so you, terrible. Can, you can't really use me as an example. Because <sighs> from our church, let's see. I don't hang out with anybody. I come visit you at your work occasionally. Yeah. I meet you online. I play Call of Duty and stuff. But No, we haven't done that yet. No, because I asked you and you said, no, I'm playing another game. I wasn't playing another game. I was in Missouri. That was, <laughs> that was my answer. I'm Family or friends? Bros before... Family? Family. <laughs> but bros are family, right? I'm not saying that there's no place for corporate worship together. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the weekly routine and the problem I see the book even brings is we rely on the pastor to give us the answers. We rely on the pastor to tell us what God's will is for our lives. We rely on the pastor too much because that's the position we've put him in. All right. Let me ask you this. Earlier you said you didn't agree with it. So with this chapter so now you're using it as your defense you kind of defeated your own statement no i i've always be a lawyer. said that i agree that there is a place for it but i don't agree that that is the end all like i don't think that to fulfill my call of ministry, I have to be employed and paid by a local church. I agree, hundred percent. You don't have to be, and so and I don't think you should have to be. I don't think so either. I I don't think it's wrong to be employed. There is too much right. waste. It's not right, or it's not wrong. You're right, but I do struggle with a lot of it because how many people are employed for the six days a week of not being in Sunday morning, and how many? People are employed to make sure that that one day a week thing goes smoothly. That's where I struggle with because we're counting on people showing up one day a week and then taking that sermon and applying it to our lives the rest of the week when we have no accountability. No, really, we're relying on people to show up that one day a week, as you said, but then getting connected with a house church or with a body of believers 
to grow so, more and to have that accountability as you're speaking. You're saying you have to have brick and mortar. You have to have the 10 million. I'm not saying you have to have. I am saying it is beneficial. Yeah. Well, in this time, because people are so used to just going to church, if you said, hey, we're just having a house church, they probably think you're a cult. And so in this time period that we're in, when especially in the Bible Belt, where we have churches on literally every corner, especially on the main street, even across the street from each other. I am uh, because you say this, there are so many stinking churches here next week. I'm going to have a list of the names of churches in our town. We live in a small town. Well, relative 30,000, something like that. 37,000 small is relative. I mean, this is big. I mean, I grew up in a town in Iowa. Go Hawkeyes. By the time this podcast airs, we might've won the big 10 championship or, You'll Most likely win. lost the big tension. He'll probably win. I'm hoping we He'll probably win. But I grew up in a town of 500 people. So when you say small town, I'm like, right. dude, we got more than a stop sign. So we're good. All right. Matter of fact, we have five stoplights within a quarter mile of each other. <laughs> Actually, over there by it your house. It took me like too. 10 hours to get here, Andrew, and I'm only three blocks away from my work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there are some... Funny names of churches in this town. I don't know if I have a list of them next week. Like that one behind Walmart. What's that one called? I forget. But it's funny. So, off topic. But I I think that the churches nowadays are important because when people look for help, that's where they're looking for is the building. That's what I said earlier, and you argued with me. Well, freak, but what I'm saying is that is not right, but we have made that the standard. And I think that that's where we've messed up. I, I really think that I think that having a pastor that you have to look at to get all your spiritual guidance from eliminates the whole point of why Jesus came to give us that priesthood to be able to speak to him directly. We don't need to wait till Sunday morning to see what a pastor preaches because, you know, we plan as pastors, you plan the sermons out months in advance. And the only time that you change it is when the tragedy happens or something that you have to change up what you're preaching about. I don't know. I just kind of got lost on what I was talking Terrible. All I know is I made a noose over here. Do these blinds shut all the way? Because I feel like your neighbors can see me. Like, they probably naked. can. But I have it like that because I like I don't like the light shining on me. If any of your neighbors say they like the show, make sure you get some money out of it. That can be our sponsorship. Hey, so did you notice that this um, podcast actually turned into what we intended it to? And what's that? A discussion, a Bible, an actual study, where normally we just come in, we talk about the book, and we don't really... Andrew, I think I just got mad at you for disagreeing with me, and That's an I thought crime. we agreed on this beforehand. The pastor part, no. I, I mean, I don't agree with you on it. I... I I agree that there's a place for, for full-time pastors. I don't agree on how much some of those full-time pastors make. Especially yeah, well, that's Chapter 8, and we'll get to that. Mm. Yeah, see? Now I'm ready for Chapter 8. <laughs> I agree, but that's Chapter 8. We but have that's to what wait. I'm saying. Like I was called to ministry, and I don't think that was supposed to be my career choice is now ministry. Because that's ended up being what it was. Was, oh, you're called to ministry, so you're going <laughs> to... What are you opening the blinds up? Golly! Oh, my gosh. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm all flustered now, Andrew. You messed me up by opening the blinds. 
<sighs> so anyways, I I just don't know like we I feel like we've kind of turned pastor into a career. I okay, so true story. I know a guy who's a youth pastor and I didn't even know he was Christian. You know, and I feel like he's a youth pastor because he needed a job and his church was hiring. That's the kind of wow. Like it was just kind of like, oh, really? You're a youth pastor? And to me, like, it's not for every pastor. You know, I can't say that because then all you need to do is take one pastor and prove me wrong. But no, because I don't think people pastors get in there trying to get the money because there's they they do make less money than most people right in some. Right, and not, even, not all of them. Right, but a lot of them make you know buku. Because a lot of them, they're they're based on just like we base a business where you get a raise every year, and so after twenty years of being a pastor, I mean you're up to eighty grand, and that's you pretty ridiculous. You got a full retirement. Well, why would you retire? You're making eighty grand a year to preach on Sunday morning. Well, it's more than just that. Yeah, I keep our pastor busy, dude. Well, our pastor, he doesn't make any grand a year. That's what I'm saying. No. He's not a guy that should retire. But even, that's not what I'm saying. A lot of people use their pastor as their confidant, or if they're having trouble at home, they call him over and they will show up. Uh, if somebody's at the hospital, they call him, they show up. But truly, that's what deacons are for. Deacons it's are to meet the needs of the few people. They're there to help the church grow in that aspect. They're supposed to find the needs of the people. You're right. But I call my pastor. I mean, w- happens that one if, of our elders were, slash deacons is my house church leader, so I talk to him on a regular basis also. That's what I was going to say. If you had a – because our pastor changed his cell phone number because all the people just like to call him. Right, and he didn't give it out to a lot of people. <laughs> and he don't, have, he don't have time for that. And it's really awkward and somebody goes, hey, did your pastor change his phone number? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> then they're like, can I have it? <laughs> I'm like, nope. Nope. Uh, did not, he give it to you? You're not on the list. <laughs> you know. You know it was actually funny. I was work. You know, I was on staff at the church at that time, and he didn't even give me his number. <laughs> you were on staff, but you didn't get paid. That's true. That wasn't on staff. That was volunteer. actually technically with our church. It is. We have tons of staff people. No, now they all get paid. Yeah, that's true. Staff do. Volunteers do not now. I think I was the last. We call. Unpaid. I think we call them volunteer staff now. I think that's the terminology, so we can tell the difference. There's executive staff, and then there's volunteer staff. It's silly, but whatever. Well, we need to wrap this up, Dusty. We're going on. So, what did we learn today, Andrew? That we don't agree about pastors. Uh, well, what was your position? I don't even remember what your position was. My position is, I believe we still need them. They are very useful. Uh, I do not agree with Frankie with his approach to the pastor uh, more or less saying or making you feel that the pastor is unneeded. I feel the pastor is needed very much. They're one of the pastor is usually and, and is supposed to be the biggest servant in the church. Uh, and I agree with that. I, I think our pastor is. He fills that role uh, perfectly. I I rely on our pastor heavily. I know when I'm having personal issues, he's been there for me in the past. and Maybe that's why he didn't give you his cell phone number. Probably, because I, I've called him a lot. 
He's come over here at two in the morning before a lot, a few times actually. So, uh, anyways, my position, uh, I don't agree with Frankie in on this stance, uh, per se. There are some valid points, but I feel that the pastor is very much needed. And, um, yeah. I mean, I think the, the pastor has a role in the church. My problem is I think we put too much on the pastor, and I think it's, some of it is laziness on our part to not do our own spiritual growth. You know, we've, we use our youth pastors to raise our kids right. We use our children's ministers to teach our kids about God and pray with them and read them the Bible. So there's, there's parts in there that I think is why Frankie is uh, a little more harsh against the role of the pastor because the pastor is taking the roles that we should be doing, and now we've passed those, those roles off to pastors. To Their job is to grow us spiritually. Their job is to chain our children right, you know. And I, I, I do think, I mean, and part of the whole pastor role thing is I think that, you know, because I, I am a little like against the brick and mortar service stuff, you know, and the, the how all this money and time and effort and, and people, clergy that we pay goes to make sure the thing that we do one hour a week or maybe an hour and a half, depending on how long our pastor likes to talk, make sure that that goes smoothly. When we have how many hours the rest of the week are where people are in their real lives doing their being real with people, they could use more guidance in those times, I think, more serving in those times. And we just expect people to show up to this one-hour-a-week program that we put on. I, that's where I struggle with it. See, what I just picked up from that is you're struggling from uh, – from us expecting people just show up. It shouldn't be that we should be expected to go out and get the people. Well, I'm struggling with the minister should be the servant. And the yet, minister is the servant, but we are also called to be servants. We are all ministers. Exactly. So go but be a minister. What I'm saying, though, yes, that is true, but where do we act that out right? That's what I'm saying. Our church expects us and they tell us and they want us to go out and they want us to be the change. Well, we do as something humans, to be the change besides you and I have not gone out and been that change that the church expects us to be. Would we do that if we didn't have to plan and do all this stuff to make sure one hour a week goes well? I wouldn't. I'm just straight up too lazy. You wouldn't? I mean, I, wouldn't. I think of the times. You know what I would do? I'd go right down the street to that church. That's <laughs> so what I would do. So you're the problem, Andrew. We're all the problem. But I don't see you doing anything about it. What? I'm not going to church. I'm you're leading he, a house church. You're sitting here complaining about it, but you're not changing. And then what I am you changing. do in your I'm house challenge you complain things. about it. I complain all the time. I know. About everything. Trust me, I know. And I argue it all the time. <laughs> I am looking for the change. I want to make sure I'm right before I just go out and do something. I'm not just going to go out and do something to try to prove it. I want to make sure that, that this is not just a personal feeling that I have, that it is really God leading a culture to be closer to him by doing life with him more than just one hour a week. And we talk about the waste and how many people are paid on church staffs to make sure that 
we have the right graphics for Sunday morning, to make sure we have the right sermon for Sunday morning, to make sure that we have the right sound for Sunday morning. And yet, Monday morning comes along, and we we have one pastor that might go around and do some stuff. Not on Mondays. That's the day of rest. <laughs> that's, the day. that's their day off. Okay, on Tuesday. There we go. On Tuesday, we can call. Yeah, and- again, that's chapter 8. Because that all ties into the clergy salary and all that. I'm saying their roles. I know, but that's ways. I'm saying salary just because they are paid by if we're us gonna get to into, us. Do we have a chapter where we get into roles? Actually, we do have that. I we guess have I a could. role play chapter? <laughs> I, might. I threw my book on the ground because I got mad at you. I don't want to pick it up. I know. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I started laughing. I guess we are in the pastor. It doesn't say the lead pastor. Because we have multiple pastors in our church. I think you're right. I mean, we're, we're kind of focusing on the lead pastor role, but a music minister is a servant through music. Yeah. <laughs> um, youth pastor. And they, and they focus on the one service a week. A youth pastor who, they're a little different vibe if you met some youth pastors. But some they say strange. they don't do anything. Some say, I mean, it's a lot. It's it's almost like having a house church, being a house church leader. It's it's a really relational thing. It's, it is. It's uh they have two services a week because they usually can't get out of the Sunday service, so they have to do something in that service also. But then they have the Wednesday night services, which is their big change your life service. But even when I did youth ministry, we actually had small groups that broke out because we knew the importance of small groups and that if we just had them come in and sit down and watch the show and then leave, that wasn't going to be enough. And so we used that to help build relationships. And that was pretty powerful stuff. It was very effective. Why don't we do that in church anymore? Well, we kind of do with house church. That's our what, no, no, what, what I'm saying, we had we had Sunday school and small group Sunday night, you know. Right. What I'm saying is like during, during the service because house church, I mean, I only have like well, six people. Go. How are we going to crank people in and out if we do that, Dusty? Exactly, exactly. we got to make the move on. Exactly. we got to get that second service in. And in some cases, thir- third and fourth services. My dad does everything throughout the week. Like, he doesn't do, he's not the music minister, and he's not the youth pastor, but he's still involved in all that. He is still a large part of that I mean, for Pete's sakes, my mom, I know it's not my dad, but my mom does the slides. For is that music. is that different that your dad, and they're, they're pretty good servants, though, too. I mean, your dad has been a youth pastor for basically no pay for years. My dad's been a pastor for basically no and pay And your dad's for been years. a pastor, so your dad is a servant. Your dad's not a career minister. He's not... He's not making sure he gets a paycheck every week. There's times right. where he went without a paycheck. I don't think he's been paid, you know, in like the last couple months. Yeah, I haven't actually. talked to him in a while, so I don't know his current state. But, but I know that there was times where he didn't get a paycheck and he didn't quit. No, he continued to do his job, and he just invested more of his money into the church. Exactly, and yeah, so exactly. those are the kind of people. That are pastors, that are great pastors, and when you have people that they make a steady income, or they they make a lot of more money than the average of the people that attend their church, 
that's where I start having issues with it, and that's where I even, have that same issue. Even even doing that 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 makes it a career and no longer a servant. And now you're like, do you pay your servants? Well, yeah, I mean, you should pay them okay, but I struggle I with that paid. because there's a there's a lot of people, and this comes from me being a pastor at one point. There's a lot of things that I asked people to volunteer for that I was on the clock for when I was working with them, you know? And so I'm getting paid for something I'm asking him to volunteer for. I'm getting paid for my time at that same thing, you know, that same event or whatever. And so now, like, being on not full-time staff and getting asked to do, like, there was, I did, I did our graphics and stuff for, and video illustrations for our church for a while as a volunteer. And there was kind of a thought of maybe it would turn into something in the future. I'd be able to work for the church or whatever. And finally, like, I was working overnight shift, and I was trying to, like, start a business. And so I just, like, you know, I don't have 10 hours a week to be be working on these video stuff. And so I kind of bowed out of that. Out of that. Jesse, I got to cut you off. Mm. We have to wrap this up. I'm sorry, guys, for going on some rants. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. Leave us an email or a comment or a review would be nice. That would be great. We've Mitch- asked you guys a million times. Mitchell's only our, our only friend on iTunes. He's yeah. the only one. And he gave us five stars. Oh, thanks, Mitchell. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. So, Mitchell, we know you were lying about the five stars, so tell us how we can be better. Right. You can send us a private message on Facebook yeah. or, um, I don't know, email us. So that'll uh, wrap us up for this week. What do we have coming up next week, Dusty? Is that the costumes one? Next week we're talking about church costumes. So that'll uh, do it for this week. Have a good one, guys. We'll see ya. Two bros in the Bible Belt.